When the full moon is at its highest, and its pale glow illuminates the countless terrors of the evening, you'll know it's time for the Pike Horror Show. Hello, my name is Richard, and welcome to the Pike Horror Show, the only show where the host makes bad decisions and likes to waste his own time. Before I can jump right into the episode, I have to go back and do a little bit of lore, a little bit of mythos for uh, Richard, the host of the Pike Horror Show. I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but I didn't really get into horror movies until I was in college, and during that time, I watched a movie that would change and scar me for the rest of my life, and that movie was Dracula 3000. And I distinctly remember thinking to myself, this movie's got it all. It's got sci-fi, it's got vampires, it's got Dracula, the main vampire. How how could it go wrong? I quickly learned that it could actually go wrong in um, almost every conceivable way. So for the past 10 years, I've always told people that my least favorite movie, the movie I hate the most, was Dracula 3000. I only ever watched it that one time, which makes sense because I didn't like it at all. But lately, I guess within the past year or two, I've watched a lot of movies I would consider, oh, very bad. And that got me thinking... How bad could Dracula 3000 really be? This is in quotations. How bad could it really be? And now so much time has passed. I have a show where I talk about horror movies. It seems like the perfect time to revisit it. And you know, like most people, there's movies I only saw once, had like a strong opinion about it, and then never saw again. So it kind of got me thinking about all of the opportunity to revisit these things in what I call uh, redemption reviews or re-reviews, uh, TM, TM, trademark, of course. But since I've decided to do these re-reviews, uh, TM, and I have the perfect name for it, I figured what better place to start than with Dracula 3000, kind of the movie that, that started it all, and that I told everyone to never watch, and I didn't even take my own advice. And of course, as always with the Pike Horror Show, if you love this movie, like the movie. At no point in any of these criticisms or in any part of this podcast am I implying that you cannot like it. Like whatever you want. Death to gatekeepers. Quick side note, you may be thinking that because it's called Dracula 3000, it has anything to do with Dracula 2000 uh, by Wes Craven. It does not. I think it was totally just trying to steal the thunder on that. And I've seen both movies, and let me just say, not any thunder between the two of them. And side side note, there might be some spoilers in this discussion. Um, I'm going to try and keep it pretty light as far as like story beats and, and stuff like that, but something will slip through or, or maybe I'll just go on a rant and just give something away. So spoiler warning. And when talking about Dracula 3000, what better place to start than the beginning, which is the longest introduction I've ever seen. Okay, that might not be factual, but it felt so long. It introduced each person with their own slide, and it kept doing this thing where the like the outline of the word Dracula would like fade in, and then it'd be like, no, 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 and it would fade out, and then be like, uh, costumes by this guy. And then when that's over, there's like this early 2000s looking slideshow where the captain just narrates it and just tells you everyone's name and like their demeanor, so there's no buildup at all. He just tells you exactly that. Which, of course, I do understand because you really want to get to the story. You don't want to kind of waste all this time building But it's weird, because in the next scene, there's a part where a character says, this isn't what I signed up for. And then they go, what did you sign up for? And she goes, navigation. So it's like, you could have had this, like this exact thing, instead of the captain being like, she does navigation, she's new on the ship, she's she's very nice. You could have just had that two-second conversation and built the same amount of, of familiarity. So after the long intro credits and the introduction, I'm, you know, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, we're building into it. It's a little bit of a B-movie vibe, but we're getting there. What really ruins the immersion at this point is that people start talking to each other 
in the most nonsensical ways I can even imagine. The main gist of the movie is this scavenger team finds a spaceship that isn't active anymore. It's like they're going to salvage it, okay? Super basic and used a lot in sci-fi. It's a staple. It's old reliable. It's the perfect way to get a team of ragtag outcasts onto a ship where they might not ever be, right? It's like the haunted cabin in the woods of space. I don't know. And as you meet characters, they're basically made of catchphrases and stereotypes. Like the captain is wearing a tank top and then like a puffy jacket vest, exposed arms, and then has like leather wrist straps. Like, can you be, could you be any more 2004? And as these early 2000 stereotypes start interacting, they start behaving in the most ridiculous ways. Like, for example, there's this one character, he scares someone, he laughs about it, and then he kisses her against her will, and then he calls her a slut, and the captain's like, hey, you better, you better stop that. There's another part where the captain looks at one of his crewmates and goes, I put up with you because you're big and black. What the fuck are you, what the fuck are you talking about? And there's a, there's a character in a wheelchair, and at one point, one of them's just like, you don't have legs, then he calls them names, and I just don't understand what's happening. Because it's not like they hate each other, that doesn't seem to really be the dynamic, they'll just like be gross and sexist and like ableist and just it's so bizarre and looping back to early 2000 stereotypes coolio is in this movie rapper coolio gangster's paradise he is in this movie as the token stoner character when you first see him he is smoking out of a bong i think he calls it hydrochronic which is fantastic i hope that's what he said and he's listening to like 90s hip-hop and it's like it's the year 3000 i know not much has changed and we live underwater because that's what the jonas brothers said but it doesn't make any sense. Like, it has no foresight of the future. This is unrelated, but there's a VCR in one of the seats. There's just, like, a tube TV and a VCR, and, and they're in space. Like, they're trying to set up this, this sci-fi thing, and I just don't understand. One of my favorite things about the Alien movie is it's set up to be, like, what if the 70s went to space? Like, everything kind of has that vibe. It's very high-tech. It's very science fiction-y, but it does have that, that kind of aura about it. Aesthetically, I think Dracula 3000 hits that nail on the head. Like, the 2000s, early 2000s, they're going to space, baby. But there's really no attempt to sci-fi it, besides, like, babble. Like, they'll just babble about shit and not explain it at all and just be like, oh, it's science words. But the sets and the props do not show science fiction at all. The oxygen tanks are, like painter's mask with giant tubes come out of them like something you could like slap together at home depot their weapons have like laser sounds when they're shot but they're all clearly this era pistols and rifles and the sets really feel like they were modeled after like aliens from the 80s so you really lose that connection of of the era it's like they're more concerned with copying science fiction than they are with creating their own so nothing really feels exciting or new and then they have these sort of world building throwaway lines I mentioned before they'll talk about like technology but never explain it so you're just supposed to take it at face value. And for world building they'll drop these little lines that are like, oh, Christianity's illegal now. They all see a crucifix and they're like, what is this? But some of them do know what it is so I'm a little confused about like the pool of knowledge. One character just straight up asks, who's God? When they're talking about religion and one of them has like this weird speech about it. But why doesn't she know? Like, isn't there, like, history books? If you think religion would come up, even if it was 200 years ago. Also, it has a lot of, like, Soviet Union imagery. There's, like, a hammer and sickle, and then there's, like, a Soviet flag in the break room or something. There's, like, a big picture of Lenin. I just don't understand. I don't... Were the filmmakers trying to imply that the world was communist now, so there was no religion? Which could be kind of, like, an interesting conversation if that's what you were trying to do. 
But just like putting it up in the back and not talking about it at all takes a kind of an interesting concept and turns it into wall art. So as the film goes on, you start asking yourself, is this supposed to be a comedy? Because people are making jokes and they're using like one-liners, but they're all out of context. And I'm not saying like, oh, my uh, comedic style is, is so high and above Dracula 3000. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that no one is making jokes in the moment that are funny or landing. And character personality and temperament is so inconsistent. You have no idea what's going on. Like, sometimes the captain hates this person, but other times they don't. Uh, other times two guys will be getting along, and then one of them will say something, and the other will be like, hey, fuck you, I hate you now. And it's like, what is happening? The writing of Dracula 3000 is not good. And that's not me saying I'm the best writer, I have a professional opinion, nothing like that. It isn't good. It doesn't work together. Nobody's consistent. Nobody makes any sense. And every single person in this movie is overacting. Every single person. I am not exaggerating. Each person moves speaks, behaves in like an almost cartoonish behavior. So from shot to shot, nothing's consistent because each time they say a line, it's like they've said it the first time and have no context for it. And you might have kind of put this together from the title, but Dracula does show up eventually, but he's he's not interesting at all. He doesn't do anything cool, anything vampire-y. He doesn't look cool. He doesn't sound cool. His costume literally looks like a Halloween costume, and I think it is. And there are all these big dramatic reveals that are supposed to be so important, but they don't matter at all. So this is a pretty heavy spoiler, but the captain's name is Abraham Van Helsing. Like Van Helsing who fights Dracula, right? So they literally do an, like an internet search and find Dracula's name, and then they see Van Helsing, and then one of the guys is like, this has got to be Destiny because you're Van Helsing and he's Dracula. This is Destiny that you met him on this spaceship in the year 3000. And as a viewer, you can go, okay, I understand what they're doing. Good job, Van Helsing, Dracula, da-da-da-da. But for a character in the moment to make that connection seems very strange to just be like, this is, this is fucking destiny, my guy. You had to meet Dracula in the year 3000. Because a guy with the same name as you fought Dracula in 1882 or whatever. So it's, it's, of course, destiny. I just learned about vampires. So sleeveless Van Helsing fights Dracula and Dracula goes, This was all part of the plan. I planned this from the beginning. It's destiny for me to fight you. So you're telling me that Dracula got trapped in space on purpose so one day he'd be able to fight a great distant relative of a guy who used to piss him off. I, I just It seems so silly to me. So as the movie goes on, you know, people are turning into vampires, but Dracula himself isn't really an issue. He keeps, like, infecting people, and then they, they wander off and bother people. And at the end, they don't even beat Dracula. They just lock the door, and he can't get in. The plot is not good. The characters do not make any sense. The pacing is hot garbage. I had trouble watching it. I was, like, on my phone at one point, and I had to back it up because I didn't want it to beat me. I didn't want the movie to beat me. But I did it, I finished it, and in my re-review, uh, trademark, 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 um, it's not good. I don't know if it, I don't know if you picked that up through the episode, but it's not great. It was very low budget, you can tell it was low budget, but that doesn't explain the bad acting, the bad pacing, the bad writing, uh, the bad use of characters, specifically Dracula, who is a cool vampire that you didn't do anything with. And I say this all the time, I like watching bad movies. There is something fun about watching movies that are low budget and aren't great and cheesy, and that's that's fun. This movie is not fun. It is not fun to watch. It is a little infuriating. I don't think it's impossible that someone out there is like, 
you know, I watched it growing up. I know it's cheesy. It, it has a special place in my heart. It's like a fun, bad movie to watch. That doesn't seem ridiculous at all. In fact, I went looking for like a good review of this movie. I couldn't find any, but I did find a lot of five-star reviews that say this movie is so terrible. I love it. Like it's like watching a train wreck. And I thought that was very relatable. I also saw a review that said it was like a recording of a bad high school play, which seems to hit the nail right on the head. And now the question that's on everyone's lips is Dracula 3000 still my least favorite movie of all time? And I've thought long and hard about this, watched it again even, and I have to say definitively, it is not my least favorite movie. I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it is, it's a movie. You can watch it with your friends, you can recommend it to people, and then when they go, is it good? You can go, no, it really, it really isn't. And that's, that's important. If you like the episode and you want to keep up with the show, just give us a follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Anyway, thank you for listening. My name is Richard, and this has been the Pike Horror Show. And again, before I before I let you go, like whatever you want. Don't take this, this episode as gospel and what is good and is definitively bad. Just like whatever you like and, and, and live your life. Again, my name is Richard, and this has been the Pike Horror Show. Thank you.